Welcome to the Chantal Hyde Canada's Dating Coach Podcast, where you'll learn to love and be loved. Come understand how powerful you are and share in our common experiences so that we can all grow together. Like Chantal loves to say, let's do this. So, um, in this podcast, like I was talking about off recording, uh, we're just going to talk about some things that, you know, I get a lot of questions. I could only imagine what you get as far as questions. Uh, but normally they're the same question and just, you know, a different perspective from what I've yeah. noticed before. Um, mostly it's, uh, you know, how to find the right one. Why do I keep getting played? Things like that. Do you, do you see a lot of that too? I get a lot of my boyfriend talks to other girls. My boyfriend follows girls on Instagram. I get a lot of social media type um, issues. Really? That's a yeah. Thing? That's a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. To me, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe you can steer me in the right direction. But when it comes to talking to other girls on social media and stuff like that, that's kind of disrespectful to the relationship unless they were a pre-established friend beforehand. Well, here's the thing. Um, you've probably heard me talk about the two different kinds of mindsets, guys, selfish short-term thinkers, men, generous long-term thinkers. Yeah. The problem is the, you know, because I get a lot of emails from, you know, women, girls who have fallen for guys because they haven't properly vetted because they don't use the no kissing for three months dating rule. Mm -hmm. And let's, you know, let's be honest, guys are fun because guys mm -hmm. are pretty sparkly and they're very dynamic. And so girls fall for guys and they get in relationship with guys. But the thing is, these sparkly, dynamic, selfish, short-term thinkers are intent on getting attention, which is why they got those girls' attention. And so now these girls are in a quote-unquote relationship and i say quote-unquote because these guys weren't quite willing to fully commit yet they were looking for fun and these girls went yeah you're fun um but you know they want a, a committed relationship with a guy who's looking for fun yeah yeah i see a lot of that and what i tell people is you gotta kind of have to have that discussion going into it of what each individual wants you know what I mean? Um, men and women talk completely differently. We, we were both communicating, but we communicate on completely different levels. I always say that, you know, guys, you could you could put a neon sign in a room and write down everything that you want. The only thing that we're going to see is a flashing neon sign, and we probably think you're going to have a bar being built in there, and we're excited about it. We never read it. We're just not good with hints. <laughs> we, need, we need direct <laughs> conversation <laughs> for us to be able to get things like that. Agree. So, you know women might be dropping hints and they might think that they're getting a response back, but he has, he has no clue what's going on there. There's that too, for sure. You know, yeah, I hear this a lot. He should know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've been told that well, you should know what's wrong. I have, I have right. no clue what you're talking you about. You should know what I need. You should know what I want. You yeah. should know. And that's really frustrating for guys. Like I'm not, a, I'm not like a, you know, a great guy by any means. I've got a lot of flaws, but I'm not a terrible guy. You know, my heart's in the right place and I'm, and I try, but there's no way that I can read somebody's mind. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So well, you want to hear something funny? Yeah. Uh, my first husband and I, you know, sometimes we would have a fight or, you know, disagreement. We never had the, the big balls out fights, but mm -hmm. we would have a disagreement. And, and we realized that the reason why we were having this discord was because somebody was expecting somebody to just understand. And it would be, it would be my first husband who would say, read my mind. You know, by the time we got to laughing about the situation, because we understood that the reason why we weren't agreeing about something is because something wasn't being said out loud. Yeah. Communication can fix a lot of problems. It really can. But, um, I see a lot of things, at least with the women that, you know, message me. Um, there's some guys that you just can't talk to that no matter what you do, they're just not going to, they're just not going to change. And for some reason, it's really hard for those women to let that go. 
you know, I mean, of course I'm on the outside looking in, I, I, I can see it plain as day and it's like, yep, drop them and move on. But obviously, you know, it's a little bit more complicated than that to them. Yeah. And I mean, I hate sounding like a broken record, but it comes back to the three month, no kissing rule because you will not get with the one who does not want to change. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, you, the more you fall for a person and physical touch for sure, um, helps build that intimacy. The farther you fall with a person, the more you'll ignore red flags when they come up in the beginning. That's why it's better to just take your time with it and just observe them. Can I get into the science of the no kissing for three months dating rule? I would love that. Okay. So everybody's lips secretes a chemical that doesn't do anything to them till it comes in contact with another set of lips. There's a chemical reaction that happens when those two chemicals come together and it creates phenylethylamide. I know I'm mispronouncing it, but I like the way I say it. And that chemical is an aphrodisiac. This is why kissing precedes sex. But when a woman, and let me, I mean, I want to say a female because we are mammals. When a woman is in mate selection mode versus just having fun. Because listen, when I was just having fun, I kissed a ton of boys and left them behind and I didn't care. But when I was looking for a partner and I kissed somebody, when somebody else said like the next day, can I take you out? I'd say, no, I'm seeing someone. So when the mindset of the female is in mate selection mode and she kisses somebody and that chemical hits her brain, it shuts down the red flag alert. It tells her she knows everything she needs to know. And in fact, it tells her she's completed a vetting process, which is why she says no to anybody else, which means she committed to a stranger. That is extremely interesting. So my only question is, does the same thing happen for guys? Nope. No. Do you know why? Because men have a different selection process. Okay. We are not same we're not chemically the same we're not biologically the same mm -hmm. we're not physically the same. look at our outsides our insides are just as different yeah that's that's actually true yeah you're you're completely right you can't put the same hormone levels of a woman into a man and expect the same result it's going to be wildly different but um wait 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 let me make a point about that okay a woman who transitions to a man taking testosterone mm-hmm Sex drive becomes different and the way she thinks about sex becomes different and how often she thinks about sex becomes different. Really? Yes. Hmm. Women transition to men become men. That's really interesting. So, but it's yeah. not the same way vice versa then. Uh, well, I haven't. Yes, it is. It is because men who transition to women. So, you know, women who, who, who become men. So trans right. men talk about how everything turns them on. Mm -hmm. Right. Like thought of sex becomes ramped up to 1 million men who mm -hmm. transition to so trans women talk about how they are now colder and have to wear a sweater. Really? Yes. Well, maybe I need to transition because I am hot 24 seven. It is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it, it is the hormones, right? It's the hormones yeah. that create sexuality. Like, um, you know, every, you were a girl before you were a boy and then there's a mechanism inside of you that kicked in more testosterone and then you came out a boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's so interesting to me. That is absolutely mm -hmm. neat. Okay. So as far as the selection process for guys, what is like, what, what would you say the, the scientific selection process is for a man looking for a woman? Okay. So in order to talk about selection process, we really need to talk about where we came from, right? Like right. anthropology. Um, because we still have throwbacks to our caveman days that are happening in our brain, which, by the way, is part of the reason why we're dysfunctional in certain ways, but that's a different topic altogether. So a male selection process is, you know, in his lizard brain, mm -hmm. I want a selective female. 
because I want to ensure that if I go hunting and bring back some food, I'm feeding the DNA that belongs to me in her belly. Right. So they're looking for a selective female, which is why if mm -hmm. a woman gives up very quickly, he's like, okay, well, you were fun, but I'm still looking for my partner. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so there's that. And then he's also looking for like character like traits because we tend to seek out like we have a hierarchy right it happens subconsciously but we do have a hierarchy listen if you came to me today like i'm canadian if you came and said hey so listen um uh, uh, trudeau is stepping down tomorrow and you're going to be prime minister i will ship bricks because <laughs> that's not where i want to be on the hierarchy so we seek someone on the hierarchy scale that is about level with us because like does attract like. Right. So they look for somebody who has similar traits, ambitious like me, mm -hmm. art like me, conversationalist like me, funny like me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because everyone has their own type of humor. So do you think that's why um, really strong, successful, independent women have a hard time trying to find guys? It can, it can be, um, it can be right. Because men, you know, men have the three P's and that's a throwback to caveman days, protect, profess, provide. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, strong, independent women say, I don't need anybody for anything. And a man says, but I need a place. I need to know that I can do something for you that no one else can. And so, uh, you know, strong, independent women make the mistake of going, I can kill the spider and you don't have to comfort me. Mm -hmm. And at the very least, you need to look at your man and say, you are the one who can comfort me. You are the one who's going to put your arms around me and tell me everything is going to be okay. Yeah. Um, we had this talk on my man panel and this was a, a viewer question that came in. And, um, huh. we all said the exact same thing. Now, granted, they didn't even know they were going to be on a podcast, let alone going to be answering questions, but we all said the exact same thing was we, we need to be able to do things for our woman to feel valued in the relationship, to know that we're there for a reason. And yes. it can be, it can be the most ridiculous and simple things that really make us happy and, and feel fulfilled. It could be as simple as programming the TV. Or yeah. weed eating, you know, or weed whacking or whatever everyone else calls it. I'm in the Midwest, so we've got weird terms. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it could just be the, the simplest little thing. Even the, the cliche opening a jar. For some reason, yeah. it's just it just fulfills us. At least one thing that our man can do for us that no one else can. Yes. Yeah. That's how we at least in our minds, that's how we're gauging our value in the relationship from what my perspective, at least, you know, I'm not a scientist or anything like that, but you know, anytime I've been in a relationship, I take pride in being able to do things that no one's done for her yet. That mm -hmm. makes me feel, you know, like I'm accomplishing something. So, right. whew, yeah, I'm glad that you said that actually. Um, so now let's dive in um, a little bit into past traumas. Um, you know, this is something that I struggle with personally. I have a real problem with always feeling like I'm a burden to everybody, especially if I'm in a relationship. So like, I can't, I have a huge problem with allowing the woman in my life to do things for me because I immediately feel like a burden. And that's actually another question that I get a lot is, um, you know, I, I don't want people to do things for me, not because I, you know, feel like I have to do them. It's more of, I don't want to bother the other person. How is, mm -hmm. how do you go about fixing something like that in people? What can they uh, do? You know, if, I mean, if you came to me and you said, you know, what do I do about this? Uh, you know, like, let's say you and your woman come to me mm -hmm. and, and you're presenting this as a problem. Mm -hmm. um, I say, well, let's focus on your love language. And make that something that somebody can do for you because at least that you will accept. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So for me, it would be words of affirmation and physical touch. Those are my main two. So right. when it comes to um, 
let's say a guy is getting it. I just had this question not too long ago. A guy is, is in a relationship with a woman. They haven't been going too long. It's pretty new. It's about four or five months in, but she had a very abusive relationship before him. Um, you know, he, he kept telling me, he's like, I'm trying everything I possibly can to make her trust me. And you know, I'm, I'm doing everything as slow as I possibly can. What am I doing wrong? And the, I just gave him a short answer of it takes time. It just takes consistency over time. And eventually if you're the same person, you know, six months from now, you're developing a safe pattern where she can feel comfortable and start opening up and mending that. But it just takes patience. That's it. And consistency. Yeah. And, you know, another thing too, maybe this is just me, but if I've, I've been a part of that and I don't want them to rely on me solely when they have an issue because they need to be able to help themselves too. Not like I'm not going to be there. It's not like I'm abandoning them, but I want them to build the mechanisms within themselves to be able to help themselves and not be completely dependent on me. That's I'd never want that for anybody to be dependent 100% on somebody else, especially emotionally. You just touched on the second major issue that I get most often in couples, which is, you know, a woman saying, how do I talk to him about my feelings? And him saying, I can't do this anymore. So, and and the thing is, this is how you males function. When you're trying to fix something, you don't come to us and say, I need to talk to you about my feelings. You guys go into the man cave inside your head to work it out. And this is why, you know, and, and let's be, let's be honest here. You hope it goes away. You hope it fixes itself. Mm-hmm. And when we come to you guys and we say, hey, I need to talk to you about this problem that I have. You guys go, oh, okay, we're, we're talking about problems. Well, I got 10 that I wasn't saying out loud. But since we're talking about problems right now, let me bring them up. So she feels like her issues that she wants to put on the table are being, you know, steamrolled, basically. Right. Um, and she feeling like she can't talk about her feelings because either he shies away or he steamrolls over them. And mm-hmm. this is difference between the genders. Again, you guys go inside your head to try and work through things and, and try to calm them and settle them and come to a resolution without ever saying anything out loud. Whereas we have been taught, especially as women, because let's be clear, media is designed to target women and insecurities. Yeah. And, you know, what it says is the emotional problem you have can be fixed by an exterior source. So we're always right. driven to look outside of ourselves to heal the emotional pain that we're feeling. And we pick up a lot of emotional pain because we are more empathetic than men are. Mm-hmm. So we... You know, I'm not saying you guys are less sensitive. Little boys cry more than little girls. You guys have been shut down emotionally. Big boys don't cry. Suck it up. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we, you know, all of us are carrying this wound. I mean, the people who who do suicide the most are males, single males, because of your feelings. Um, And you guys are less likely to go get help and talk about Mm -hmm. it. Um, So, you know, but as women, we're taught, to go find the source outside of ourselves. So we're never taught to look inside and go fix ourselves. Whereas you guys have, you seem to have that mechanism in place. Um, and and so we're always trying to find somebody who's going to be that support system. And, and we're going to talk about our feelings and you guys are going to fix our feelings, right? Like, shouldn't you be fixing me? Like, I'm going to go to you and I'm going to say, you need to change that because I think that's what's making me feel bad, which frankly, most of the time it's our amygdala, which is our brain's fight or flight, which is way too big and going on autopilot now and just blitzing us with automatic responses of stress, fear, and anxiety that aren't related to anything, but we got to find a reason for it and it might as well be you, you know? And so there's this constant cycle of women not feeling like they're being paid attention to enough and men feeling like they're being overwhelmed by women's feelings while trying to fix their own inside themselves. So Mm -hmm. this is where a huge disconnect that's happening. And, you know, as much as for the single people, I am 
teaching women to do a no kissing for three months dating rule so that they can not get with the guys who are on social media, clicking like and commenting on Instagram models to get more attention for themselves mm-hmm. and answering from every hot girl who's, who's messaging him. Right. Um, you know, working on that and for the single people, I'm trying to get women to meditate who are in relationships so that they start to learn to deal with their own feelings and can calm themselves. Yeah. And that's actually in my early life. Um, whenever I was in a relationship, a pretty serious one, um, earlier on, I'm not, I'm not, you know, old by any means I'm 29 years old, but, um, I didn't realize that I was an empath and I didn't even really know what an empath was. I'm an INFJ and I can always, for some reason, I was always able to pick up on the way people felt like my friends hate me because I just immediately know if something's wrong and I just don't let it go. It's like, no, we're going to talk about it. Come on. What is it? (laughs) You know what I mean? So it makes them so mad because I just, I I just, I just don't let it go. But, um, Mm -hmm. I got to the point where I was, you know, honestly training this girl to always come to me no matter what, even though I might have so many other things going on and I was so drugged down that I was actually hurting myself by, you know, trying to take on more. Um, but that's why I kind of have learned over the years. It's like, you know what? I'm always here. I'll be here for support, but you can't look to me only. You have to be able to do things on your own too. Because if you rely solely on me, if I have a bad day, then that means we both have a bad day. You know what I mean? There's no balance there. If there's, if there's a real heavy dependency on one end. Right. So I don't know, maybe that's just me, but that's just kind of what I, what I try to do, especially when it comes to someone that's really, you know, they've had past traumas and it's really hard for them to open up again is, you know, try to help them figure things out on their own, but always be there for support. Just be consistent. And really you should try to be consistent no matter what, if you're in a relationship, obviously you're going to have bad days, but you know, you should be, you know, try to be pretty sound internally when you go in. Well, one of uh, I, I, I do teach women to create uh, emotional safety in their relationships through consistency yeah. of behaviors, like the the fi- you know the the makeout right. A makeout is a kiss that lasts a minimum of five seconds. Yeah, you know, no matter what, no matter what she's going through, no matter what she's feeling, no matter whether or not they had a disagreement, there's always the kiss goodbye, and there's always the kiss hello. Mm-hmm. And that creates a safety net of, you know, no matter what's going on in the world or between us, there is a consistency of loving behavior that lets me know that we are still okay. Yeah. And that's actually, you know what, that would be beneficial to people like me that just need a lot of reassurance, which I know is a problem. Yeah. That's not a good thing. But, you know, I've, I've, I've gone through the ringer a couple of times and I just, I'm, I'm always self I'm just always self second guessing myself. I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I always, I'm an overthinker 10 times over. So, you know, I, I, that's why I actually quit. I uh, didn't go on a date for six and a half years, not a single date. Um, because I was just, I mean, I was just a, a wreck. So, and I knew that it would just be so exhausting for somebody else to try to work through that. It was just better for me to just sit back and try to work things out on my own and not try to dump that on somebody else. And I see that a lot, like with people that come to me, it's like, you know, I have all these problems and I'm trying to get, you know, people to help me work through them. It's like, okay, you can ask for advice and stuff like that, but you kind of need to work on yourself too. You can't just rely on everybody else. That's just not something you can do. Um, they don't want to hear that though. They want like a quick, everyone wants a quick fix. It's only going to take a couple seconds. You say the magic words and everything's fine. And that's just not life. <laughs> Unfortunately. I, uh, I get, I get, a, you know, like people come on my lives and, and they're like, how do I, how do I, how do I trust my partner again after, you know, they've cheated on me and like they're doing their part, you know, because that's what I always ask, right? Cause I'm not automatically going to say you should trust somebody. Um, right. You know, but you know, I, I do like to to say, listen, like it's not just you. They got to meet you halfway. Like, don't try to trust. Don't try to trust somebody who's just saying you should just trust me. Like, that's bullshit. That one's that he gets to go. You know, oh, <laughs> like yeah. if 
if he broke your trust and then he says, you just need to trust that I've changed, uh-uh, you dump that motherfucker. But, mm-hmm. you know, if, if he's meeting you halfway, he's doing what you need. And frankly, I'll be honest, for me, that means spyware on the phone if you cheated on me. Um, if he's meeting you halfway and being accountable for his actions and his behaviors now, mm-hmm. um, regrets what he did. It's it's deep, you know, honest regret. Um, and she's like, how do I get over this now? Because it keeps spinning in my mind. And I'm like, honey bunny, like I can, listen, my, my quickie answer is you need to meditate. But the fact is, it's a process. Yeah. And it takes time. A lot of time sometimes. It does. Because time does heal. Because the mm-hmm. further away something is right the more you can say the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior so the the more time has passed since that behavior the more time you can anticipate it not happening in the future right if he hasn't cheated on you in Mm -hmm. two years anticipate another two years of him not cheating on you so there's that but there's also how you know meditating for two years is going to greatly shrink your amygdala reducing your feelings of stress fear and anxiety Mm -hmm. uh there's a that that memory will start to fade because you will have more memories along the way that will seem bigger than that. Yeah, because they're they're fresher in your mind. You know, the, the yeah. any memory degrades over time, no matter how great or terrible it is. Um, and that, that's another. Well, thing. This is, I'll go ahead. Well, just about memory. This is why in the court, you know, in court, um, you know. It, um, somebody's memory is not a reliable source because it's really interesting. They played this video and it's like people walking through a square in Central Park and they say, watch the video and you watch the video. And then at the end they say, did you see the gorilla? And I'm like, what? You know, and I was watching the video. I didn't see the guy in the gorilla suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know exactly what video you're talking about. It blew my mind, too. Um, but like if you get around your friends and you talk about, uh, something that happened last year or even a few months ago, they're all going to remember different details that you forgot. Yes. You, you, even though to you, it was a whole complete picture. And then all of a sudden they start talking about things like, oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. That did happen. (laughs) You know? So, I mean, everything degrades over time. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. another thing that I, I, uh, especially tell women is, what are they telling you versus what are they actually doing? If their actions are not meeting their words, then they're lying to you. Again, no kissing for three months dating rule. That's exactly right. You know, that's what I said. I, I might have put it in a very non-scientific, corn-fed, country boy way. But, <laughs> I mean, the way that <laughs> I put it is, you know, you're kind of weeding out the three main mindsets of guys. Um, if you do the three-month rule. One, if it's an instant gratification like a player. Um, he's not going to wait three months because he's after one thing and he can get that with a tender swipe in 10 minutes. You know, Mm-mm. there's only two that are really going to go for it. And one's really dangerous. That's a manipulator because they want something long-term too. They just want to control every aspect of your life and, you know, make you serve them pretty much. And the other one is, yeah. is an investment mindset, a gentleman, you know, that guy, he's going to look at it and say, okay, you know, I'll put in three months because I'm looking for a long-term partner too. And we'll see if we're compatible at the end of three months. The only only reason that the manipulator gets weeded out is because there's no physical touch to kind of, that's what they use as camouflage. They come in hot and heavy and they romance the shit out of you. And they don't, that makes you overlook the pressures that they're applying to you. You know what yeah. I mean? And then before you know it, it's too late, you're trapped. So, right. you know, that's the way I put it in the video. That's actually how we met. You ended up coming and commenting on a video. I had no clue who you were at that point. I was brand new to TikTok. I had no idea what was going on, (laughs) (laughs) but, but yeah, that was, that was pretty interesting. I was like, Oh my gosh, maybe I'm doing something right after all. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great video, by the way. I love that one. Yeah. It's really hard to do deep conversations, like deep, heavy topics in 60 seconds. I've, noticed I'm steering clear of that now because there's just no way you can put it all in long form. Something like this is a little bit different, but Holy crap. That's there's a lot of information to try to put in 60 seconds. <laughs> I'm not creative <laughs> enough. <laughs> I tried to talk fast enough. Yeah, I, I can't, I already have too much of a twang people. I start using words that people never heard before. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> start using whopper jaw and cattywampus and they lose, they they're lost. They have no clue what I'm talking about anymore, <laughs> but, um, 
is there any, any tips that you can, um, give, especially women? Um, I, I see this a lot. They try to do the whole, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to try to thirst trap some guy into liking me. I, that's such the, it bothers me that they say that, or, you know, the whole premise of going on a date, being on your best behavior, doing everything right, being primed and proper and all that stuff that kind of bothers me because that's not who you are. You know, when I go on a date with somebody, I try to be exactly who I am because if I'm not, if I try to be, you know, somebody else and I go on a date and then, you know, four or five months down the road, that girl ends up falling in love with the persona that I've created. I'm fucked because I'm not that guy. Mm -hmm. And it's never going to last because I can't hold that up forever. And I feel like both sides do that on initial dating. Yeah. Do you know why? I actually don't. Because Mother Nature designed us as uh, biological creatures meant to procreate. And so we do something that I call best behavior syndrome. Mm -hmm. And the we sleep less but are not tired during the courtship period is the first three months, which is what we call the honeymoon period. Um, our, our chemicals do naturally jack up when we meet somebody that we are attracted to. It happens. We can't help it because nature designed us to come to be- together and want to be with each other and make a baby. And so women are not PMSing. You know, I'm listen, as much as you're trying to not be on your best behavior, you are, you're in a better mood. You have less down days. You don't vomit. So it it's organic. You may not like it, but it is organic. It is natural. It is designed in us because otherwise we would come together. And you know how we say the good, the bad, and the ugly? Well, first it's the good, and then the bad and the ugly kicks in and gets interspersed after three months. But if mm-hmm. we were to meet, and have the bad and the ugly hit us right away, we'd be like, eh, maybe not, right? Right. And so our chances of procreation would diminish, and so the survival of the species would not happen. We are being driven by our DNA. You know that movie um, Men in Black? Yeah. Where there's the guy in the park, and his face opens up, and the little alien is inside? Mm-hmm. That's the DNA inside our body, driving our body to continue itself. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That makes absolutely perfect sense. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> yeah, you're really dropping hear- some serious knowledge on me right now. I'm learning. I'm scribbling notes as we speak. I'm feverishly writing <laughs> stuff down. <laughs> Only one. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Everyone needs to go check you out. I actually said this to a friend of mine. I was like, "You need first of all, you need to go check her out and buy her books. Secondly, I feel like all of her books should be mandatory in high school for everybody to read. <laughs> Can I tell you, I wrote Dating 101 to get in high schools. Dating 101 is the high school book. This is the one that I wrote with the with the purpose. If there I feel like sex ed is lacking. And and listen, I want to put myself out of a job. I want every single teenager to start. Me- I want every kid. I want every kid in school, like kindergarten on, to start meditating every single day. The little kindergartners are going to do. They're going to build up to two minutes, and and by grade four, you should be doing ten minutes a day at nine thirty a.m. every single school day. I want dating one hundred and one to be in sex ed class when they start sex ed because. I want to be out of a job. I want people to not need no more assholes. I want people to not need to fix that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that would be, that, that would just be awesome because that would save, Oh my gosh, that would be, that would save so much. You know, there would be a lot less broken homes that way. There'd be a lot less heartache all across the board. That'd be beautiful. I hope it happens. I really do. I am 100% thinking long-term. I want to fix the couples. So that the children have the role models they need mm-hmm. so that they know how to relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. I hope it happens. Everyone needs to go read your books because it's just, it's such an eye opening mm-hmm. experience. But, um, I actually had a lady, her name was Steph and she was on one of my podcasts. Actually, she was on the last podcast 
And um, she was talking mm. about this guy who said all the right things. They waited about three weeks before they started, you know, the physical touch exploded. And she's like, he just, he always said the right things. He did everything right. And then we went out to a bar one night and he went home with somebody else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, he's a player. But you avoided that? Yeah, the three month rule. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I told her, I was like, well, do you, and maybe I'm wrong here. I'm just going off of my own experiences. I was like, but do you know why he said all the right things and he did all the right things? She's like, no. I was like, because he said and did those things to someone that he really loved and he got wrecked. See the thing about at least the guys that I know, if they get hurt enough, they do one of two things. They either go completely celibate like I did, or they just get hard and say, fuck it. I'm only out for fun from here on out. I don't care what happens. Uh, I don't know why, but yeah, that's what I always tell everyone. I was like, you know, at one point in time, that player was a good guy. Probably. It's not always true, but you know, like for me, I went, I went through that phase and I was, you know, I did a point in my life that I'm definitely not proud of, but I got hurt. I got hurt really freaking bad. And I just, I, I quit caring for a long time. And then I seen it happen to one of my buddies. And I was like, you know, this is not the way to do that. <laughs> You're not going to, we need to, we need to figure something out here. We're going to pump the brakes on this, but I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with the player phase. Um, I spent three years in an, relationship i got out of it um at 20 or 21 and mm-hmm. and, you know, and and i said to myself i don't want to run anyone i'm not staying home doing nothing i'm gonna go to the bar i'm gonna go pick up boys i'm gonna bring them home and i'm gonna have fun with them right. and my was no penetration we're gonna have fun and if you can't use your imagination if you're just gonna rely on the d you can stay here at the bar but if you can right. come and play by my we're going to have some fun and then I'm going to go drop you off at home again. Um, mm-hmm. So it's okay when we are, listen, it's okay to go through a stage where you're like, you know what? I just want to explore. We are not monogamous by nature. We don't need to put ourselves in a closet between relationships. We can be in girl mode, which is selfish short-term thinking. We can be in guy mode, which is selfish short-term thinking. Mm-hmm. And then ready go into man mode or woman mode which is generous long-term thinking i want to find somebody to look after for the long term but it's okay between those relationships to say hey i'm going to be a selfish short-term thinker and have fun and play with other selfish short-term thinkers the only problem is when you're in one mindset and you play with the other mindset that's when you play with hurting feelings that's the part that i'm i'm not okay with if it's mutual mm-hmm. fun, that's fine. I don't care. Yeah. It's just, you know, you got to you got to make sure the other person is on the same wavelength as you. If that makes sense. 100. So, yeah. Yeah, for me, that's why I got out of it because, you know, even even though I was up, I found this a lot. Even though that I was upfront with what I was looking for, there was always those few that were like, "What he's going to change for me." Oh, yeah. And then I ended up uh, probably hurting them pretty bad even though well, from the get-go so, i was like no this is i'm this is exactly what i'm looking for take it or leave it yeah but they were doing what i call playing the hoping game which is i hoped that that the time the attention the availability the prettiness the sexuality that i give him is going to make him want a relationship and this is why you know my book is called no more assholes um you know, like I kind of realized how good this title was after I decided to use it. And let me tell you, it, it took some courage to use it because um, I wasn't sure the word assholes was going to get on bookshelves. But, you know, my inner guide said, trust it. So these are the words that I said out loud standing in my kitchen after the last guy, selfish short term thinker that I dated said, I don't want to be with you, but I don't want you to be with anybody else. And I yelled at him. I said, that's not fair. I hung up the phone. Like, I mean, I slammed the motherfucker down. And mm-hmm. then I said, no more assholes. And, uh, you know, really what this means is no more choosing the wrong mindset. If you're in generous long-term mode, if you're ready for a relationship, don't don't get a guy, don't get a selfish short-term thinker and fall for him. Yes, you can be compatible with a selfish 
long-term thinker. But if you try to pull him into a relationship, that's where you start saying, he's such an asshole. He's not giving me what I need. So no more assholes means no more falling for somebody who's not in the mindset to give you what you need. That makes perfect sense. Yep. I agree with absolutely everything you just said there. And I'll, t- I'll tell you the the hopeful mindset as you put it is is rampant. Yeah. And I don't I don't it, it seems like it's more so with women than it is guys. Now granted I know some guys that are that are like that. But yeah. mostly it's from what I've seen, I might be wrong, but from mostly from what I've seen it is women that are in that hopeful mindset. Let me um let me run something by you. Yeah. You know, I just want to backtrack one minute. And we're saying that you tend to notice that women have the more hopeful mindset than men do. Mm -hmm. Women play the hoping game, seeking somebody more than men do. Mm -hmm. And I have a, let me run this by you. Um, Kind of going back into anthropology um, and and sort of back in caveman days and the effort that it took for us to pair together and make a baby and survive and, you know, ensure that the species was continuing. When a man is looking out for his own survival, it requires much less effort than if he takes on a mate and then is now also taking on the responsibility of her survival and the child's survival as well. Mm -hmm. So... You know, um, when I say effort, I mean going out and hunting and bringing back game. He's going to do that more when he takes on a mate. Um, Right. And and so, agree or disagree, men are more comfortable being single because being single requires less effort, whereas women are less comfortable being single because there's the lizard brain inside of her that says, I need to find a mate to help with my survival. I actually agree with that. Um, yeah, yeah, that actually makes perfect sense because I mean, whether you want to agree to it or not, um, we are designed to meet specific roles in life. We just, we just kind of are, um, that's the way Mm -hmm. our mind works. That's the way, that's why our bodies are different. I mean, even if you look across the animal species, we're all designed to do something, you know what I mean? Right. So this is, this is kind of a touchy subject, but I'm not saying like whenever we were on the man panel, you know, we, we, we even talked about this when we were talking about independent women, we know you can do everything on your own, but we just, you know, we want to be able to help you. That's the only thing. So when it comes to that, I can actually see why, why they would be in the hopeful mindset way more than what guys would. Cause that's true. Guys can be very, very happy single. They don't really have yeah. that much. Because, I mean, to be fair, we've all been into the bachelor pad that's very minimal. We, we don't <laughs> require a lot. You're not going to see things hanging on the walls. You're going to see, like, maybe a couch if you're lucky. Definitely a futon and one comforter, and that's pretty much the whole apartment. So yeah. we just we don't require a lot of things to be happy. And, but one thing I've noticed, guys seem to get way more content and in a groove than what girls do. Mm, yeah, they get yeah. way more comfortable in relationships and get into a groove way before women do. Yeah. Well, like I, I, I very rarely have men coming to me and saying, you know, like we don't, we don't have deep discussions and you know, like, like yep. women are, are sort of looking for more excitement from their men and, mm-hmm. and like, I'm just happy to just like work and come home and maybe play an hour or two of video games and unwind my brain or just do things around the house and have something to eat in front of the TV and then go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty, we're pretty simple. Like we don't really have (laughs) a lot to keep us happy. We are very minimal people. That's for sure. Um, here's another question. I don't know if this is something you'd be able to answer or not. I have a lot of women that come to me and say, how do I open up discussions with my man, like deep discussions? Because he never seems like he wants to talk about things. And something that I realized, because I'm a nerd and I always observe everything. I'm always that weird guy in the corner that's writing down notes, you know, just looking at behavior Um, through the eyes. Take it for what it's worth through the lens of a corn fed country boy, you know, that lives in the sticks. I'm not some genius, but um, 
I noticed that when I'm around my guy friends, now we're way more open than what most guys are. There's nothing that we don't talk about. And we talk about it in, in depth, but we, I know that that's not the norm, but I do know that when we get into hard conversations, the only time we do is if we have a vehicle that gets us there, whether that be fishing, whether that be, you know, having a beer, smoking a cigar, there's got to be something that we're doing or working on a car. That's a big one for us before we open up. And I don't know why, or if that's normal across the board, but I always say, you know, pick a hobby, something that he likes to do. That's when you start those discussions. And that's, that's a good tip. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, that's just my observation because if you ever watch a group of guys, they're never going to get into a deep conversation if they're just standing around talking. But if they're doing something, if they're, like I said, if they're fishing, if they're doing something that they're kind of half-assed paying attention to what's going on, it feels almost like you can let your guard down because you're kind of paying attention to two things at the same time. That's when the deep conversations start among men. So when it comes to wanting to talk to a guy, what vehicle does he use to enter those conversations with his friends and use that. And, and if I can add something for the women who are listening, um, you know, I think men are, are their biggest fear when it comes to their partner is to be judged by their partner. Oh, by and I think the yeah. Okay, good. So, so, the reason why they may be afraid to talk about deep subjects with their partner is because the disagreement from her, if she doesn't see things the way he does, feels more judgmental mm-hmm. rather than conversational. Whereas if you have a friend with a buddy and he disagrees with your stance, it's a conversation, it's a debate. But with a partner, it feels maybe more like judgment. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of goes along with the fact that we don't have those conversations normally because we're told we can't open up like that. We got to suck it up and be a man that we, it's such an uncomfortable situation that if we're blindsided by anything, that's not what we were expecting. We automatically think it's an attack and it freaks us out. Right. I think it honestly goes back to practice because we just haven't done it enough, which is a problem. Honestly, I think that's why, you know, male suicide is so high, but Another thing, I don't know, maybe this is just, maybe this is just me, but we look at it as a sign of weakness if we let things get to us or if we show that things are getting to us. So if we have a deep conversation and we start telling how we feel, it almost makes us, it makes us feel weak Mm. because that's what we were told. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, we have to be solid and stern and, you know, stoic at all times. So if we open up and we're soft now, all of a sudden that's almost like a sign of weakness because even if you watch like the friendly banter among guys, like, you know, someone's, you know, two guys are best friends because it sounds like they hate each other. (laughs) You know what I mean? We say the worst things to each other. And, um, that's our, way of showing affection among guys. So we're not used to opening up and like having a serious talk. Now I've dealt with um, multiple suicides and now I just don't Mm -hmm. take no for an answer. You know, I, if I think something's off, I sit down with my buddies like, Oh no, 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 no. We're going to have a father son moment right now. And uh, we're going to talk until it's over. But you know, before that's just not something we ever did. So Mm -hmm. I think that's another thing is it, it makes us feel like we're, you know, we're weaker because Mm. when I was in the fire service, I always tell the young guys, don't give pain, don't give pain a voice. And I was talking about physical pain. And the reason I say that is whenever we're doing, you know, something extremely hard, you can see it in everybody's eyes that they're suffering, but the one that opens his mouth and says it, that's the one that quits. It's like, it becomes real at that moment. You know, when it's just in your head, it's just in your head. But when you speak it out, it it manifests itself. And then all of a sudden, all that pain that you thought you were feeling, just it amplifies. And yeah, I I, go on. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, they uh, they did post traumatic stress disorder. Um, I'm sorry. Were you asking a question? 
No, 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 no. Um, I was saying they, they did a study on post-traumatic stress disorder oh. and different ways of treating it. And what they found is people who were put into talk therapy afterwards um, who talked about it and talked about it and talked about it were the ones more likely to suffer from post-traumatic stress. Whereas if they let somebody um, just kind of sort of work it out for a while, Gave them an exercise where they did a writing, talking exercise, writing exercise where they wrote why this happened. Um, that they were the ones who were less likely to experience long-term traumatic effects. And so, it comes back to what you're saying. Whereas, if you don't amplify it, you don't give it more life. And it kind of ties into something that I understand which is with understanding comes compassion. When you can answer the question, why? Why did this happen? When you can come up with that answer, then you can take it better. You can, you can sort of get through the pain better. Yeah. Now, see, I didn't, I didn't know any of that before you just said it, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, that might be another reason why guys... We don't, we never develop the emotional side of things like women do. That's why I always say like, you know, it is completely fine for the woman to be the emotional leader of a household because you guys are way more in tune with that than we are. There's a lot of times that we not might, we may not even know what we're feeling or why we're feeling that or how to do deal with it. Women, you guys are way better at that than we are. So there's nothing wrong with being the emotional leader of the household. I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I never thought about it on the emotional side like that, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that, you know, firsthand, mm-hmm. physical and mental. It seems like whenever we, because there's a lot of things that, you know, especially in relationships, like they'll want to know the bad in the fire service. And it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you anyway, but you definitely don't want to know that stuff. And it's just, we don't talk about it. I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, if we get around other people that have experienced that, we're a little bit more comfortable and we'll share stories, but we don't like to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you something? Yeah. You said emotional leader. Have you heard me? Do what? When you, you said emotional leader. That's exactly what I say. Teach women how to be emo- I, t- I say I teach women to become emotional leaders because men look to women, men look to their woman, uh, you know, for leadership. Like, how are we going to do this? No, I haven't. I haven't heard you say that, but it makes me yeah. feel better. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean, if you're if you uh, trust me, we just we don't know. We have no clue when it comes to that. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the. Like, women come to me all the time and they say, how can I get him to talk about his feelings? I'm like, they don't. Men show you their feelings. It's in their behavior. Don't don't look for him to put it in words the way you do. Because you process 20,000 words a day with your female brain. He processes five to 7,000 words a day with his male brain. So don't look for him to say it in words. Look for it in his behaviors. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's why I say for women, look at what he says, but then pay attention to what he does. Cause his actions, the way that he treats people is how he feels about them. Yeah. You know, that's just one thing. I always use the analogy of, you know, the guy that's trying to date this girl, um, that has a kid and he always says, Oh, you know, I love kids, you know, this, that, and the other has all this stuff. And then he gets around a child and he's awkward as shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's blowing smoke up your ass the whole time. He has no fucking clue what he's doing. And yeah. that's why, you know what I mean? They're always going to, men are always going to treat you the way they feel about you. Now, I mean that over, you know, I'm talking about a curve here. So this is over time, you know, if yeah. he's consistent, what is he consistently doing? And I made a video a long time ago um, about abuse. And cause that's another question I get too, is, um, how do I know if I'm in something abusive? Well, first of all, if you're asking that question, mm-hmm. you're probably in something abusive. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just, you haven't decided yet, but I always tell people take 30 days. And if, as long as it's not physical, take 30 days and write down three times a day when you wake up in the morning, midday and at night, 
How do you feel? How did he make you feel? Don't know. There's no excuses. Not he had a bad, none of that. I just want to know how you feel in that moment and then do that for a month and then look back. It does yeah. the good outweigh the bad. If, if it's yeah. more bad than good, then you need to go. Yeah. That's toxic right yeah. there. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it's, there's no quick answer to anything when we talk about stuff like this. No. And, and you know, Slow burn. The slow burn is the best, and and behavior is absolutely everything. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. So let's talk about some of the things that um, all the books that you've written, and some of the services that you offer. Sure. Uh, so okay, right. So I wrote eight books. Um, I get you wherever you're at in your relationship journey because not everybody's starting off at the same place. Some people are getting over a breakup. Some people are looking to get into relationships. Some people are in a relationship already. And, and you know, women will come to me and say, do you have a book that helps me with my self-esteem and gain more confidence? And I'm like, all of my books. It's just you pick the one where your relationship journey is and we get you started. So... Comeback Queen is the book that I wrote to help people put their hearts back together after a breakup. And not only does it help you heal your heart, but it gets you to start feeling hopeful about getting into your next relationship. Fake Love Need Not Apply is the book that helps you make sure you don't get into a toxic relationship. By helping you understand what a poser, a loser, a scammer, or a predator looks like. And if you happen to read this book and realize you're in one of those relationships, I teach you how to get safely out of it. Now, vetting is super important for getting the right partner. Because when it comes to making a relationship work, having the right partner is half the battle. Because if you're with a shitty person, it doesn't matter how hard you try. It's just not going to work. So... No More Assholes is the book that teaches you how to select the right partner. And I get you using a no kissing for three months data rule. And I teach you the science behind that. So that when you're sitting across somebody going, hey, I like you and I want to see where this goes. But I'm using a no kissing for three months dating rule because I want to make sure I choose the right partner. You are so smart. There's no way they can debate you on it. And anybody who tries to make you stupid about making this rule is one of those guys that you need to walk away from. Um, once you find that partner, then you graduate to after the first kiss. This is the book that teaches you how to really get this relationship started off right by setting a good foundation. There's different stages of a relationship. There's the courtship phase, and then there's what I call the insecurity phase, because when you realize you are emotionally invested in somebody, you tend to start feeling insecure, at least for a little period of time, because you're afraid that you're going to get hurt. So I get you through those feelings and I get you transitioning from courtship into relationship so that it doesn't feel like such a bumpy ride because this is usually the point where women are going to say, oh, he's putting in less effort. And it's like, no, my love, he's just gone from being inefficient to efficient again um, because relationships require efficiency. So after the first kiss really gets you started on the right foot but, you know, you and me, we both know we bring baggage with us, right? Mm -hmm. So Fix That Shit is the book that helps you fix the baggage. Um, and so this is, this. I love this book. People ask me, like, which one is my favorite? And I have to say Fix That Shit because while I was writing Fix That Shit, I was fixing my shit. My husband and I fought for 10 years. We haven't had a fight in five years because I unpacked my emotional baggage and I gave him space to unpack his. And I really learned how to be a functional person in a relationship and be a functional partner. So that's super, super important because, listen, when we fight, we pull our feelings in and that's a retraction. And love doesn't get a chance to grow if you keep retracting. So the opposite of retraction is growth. And if you cannot fight in your relationship, Brandon, the emotional difference between you and I is I own empathy and guilt and you own heartwarming. When you give a man emotional safety in a relationship, his ability to love you grows. Mm -hmm. 
And so if you cannot fight, you give him the chance to love you more than you could possibly imagine. So a good companion to my relationship books is say yes to goodness. Because, you know, in my in my books, I help you get through a breakup and find the right partner and make sure you make the relationship work. This is focusing on you within a relationship. But say yes to goodness takes your focus outside the relationship to 10 other areas of your life that are affecting you and how you should be pursuing them. What is the right perspective on those 10 areas? So say yes to goodness kind of expands your happiness out. Now, I get a lot of women who make their partners the cake rather than the icing on their cake, and they get frustrated that they're not getting all the time and attention that they want, which means they have too much time on their hands. And the reason why they have too much time on their hands is because they don't know what their purpose is. Custom Made is the book that helps a person discover what their purpose is. And then I also tell them how to market, how to get it out there, because I want everybody to be paid doing what they love, what they're here to do, what they're meant to do with their lives. Um, and then I wrote Dating 101, like I said, to get into high schools. If you have a teenager, if you have an 11-year-old, you know, get Dating 101, read this book and start showing them chapters as you feel it's appropriate for them to read them. I'm writing more books because I'm just crazy that way. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I actually, I actually think everything that you talk about, especially on, you know, TikTok and your books and, you know, just, just your general message is absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, some of the few things that I've observed, I am nowhere near you, obviously, but some of the things that I've observed, um, you know, the science behind it and you can explain it in ways that, you know, my corn fed country eyes would never be able to, you know, see through that lens. So, I mean, you're doing some great work up there in Canada. I <laughs> made my friend. Yeah. Well, I appreciate having you on and um, hopefully we get to do this again whenever you get to release a new book. I would love to. This was really fun. This really was fun. All right, guys, I appreciate you stopping by. Thank you so much.